1: play a game in which they invent the rules, whereas physicists play a game in which the rules are supplied by nature. So wrote the theoretical physicist Paul Dirac in 1939. And he added, it's become increasingly clear that the rules mathematicians find interesting are the same as the ones that nature has chosen. Now those words of Dirac pretty much summarise the message of my new book, The Universe Speaks in Numbers. My name is Graham Farmalow, and this is one of the interviews I've recorded to complement the themes I explore in the book, which features dozens of examples of physicists finding themselves on the territory of mathematicians and of mathematicians finding themselves on the territory of physicists. As I say in the later chapters, there are now quite a few scholars who might be best described neither as physicists nor as mathematicians, but as a hybrid. One of them is the American Greg Moore based at Rutgers University in New Jersey. I've learned a lot from him. He's a deep thinker, equally passionate about mathematics and physics, and how the subjects can do a lot for one another. I talked with him in the summer of 2018, and began by asking him how he became interested in mathematics and physics.
2: Well, um, when I was a teenager, I was deeply struck by the similarity between the laws of forces for electricity and magnetism and gravitation. Not knowing much, I just found that the fact that they were both 1 over r-squared forces... Mm -hmm was just incredible and, you know, suggested some kind of unifying structure, so... You'd be been uh,
1: quite at home in the
2: early 19th century, wasn't uh, you? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, um, well, I started reading. Yeah. And uh, now I realize that that was a little naive, but not a terribly bad motivation, and... Uh, you know, reading Feynman and uh, Landau, it was just clear that this was fantastic stuff yeah. that I, I would want to. Were you
1: more inclined to physics than math?
2: No, it was about equal ah, with right. both, ah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I also, you know, loved math as a, as a teenager.
1: He told me how his youthful fascination with the two subjects led him to begin his research career in Harvard's illustrious theoretical physics department in the mid-1980s. There were two groups within the department, one drawing inspiration mainly from the results of experiments, the phenomenologists as they're called, the other focusing more on developing the mathematics underlying the best theories. By then, the flow of stimulating new observations from the huge particle accelerators had slowed down. So quite a few very able students were turning to the mathematical side. Moore was one of them. He was one of the many physicists trying to understand magnetic monopoles or the so-called anomalies in quantum theories of atomic particles. They often discovered that the mathematical tools they needed were lying on the shelves of mathematicians, just waiting to be applied to the real world. He also saw ever more clearly that the new findings in fundamental physics often shed light on new mathematics while new mathematics was often essential to make progress in fundamental physics. The overlap might be called physical mathematics, a term that Moore has pushed in the past few years. I wanted to ask him about this, but first I couldn't resist inquiring whether he'd ever tried his hand at using a theory to explain data from experiments on the real world.
2: Yeah. Uh- Actually, I'm very proud of that. I've written one phenomenology paper in my book, and that was with Anish Manohar and Howard Georgi. And there was an experimental report. It was very exciting. They thought they found Higgs boson, Um, but there would have to be two Higgs bosons for various reasons. And I'm very proud of that paper because we analyzed this possibility and pointed out that it didn't make sense that it was (laughs) that the experiment was probably wrong and so the one phenomenology paper i wrote was basically correct it said that the experiment can't be right
1: but moore's heart was in the mathematical approach in physical mathematics how does he define that term as you'll hear his answer is a bit technical but it's worth persevering Let the details wash over you, and remember that the key point is that physicists and mathematicians are now enriching each other's work, often in completely unexpected ways.
2: For me, it refers to a sub-discipline of mathematical physics, so that's rather confusing, right? So mathematical physics is this huge field where you're applying mathematical techniques to various physical problems, and it's an enormous and it's a great field. When I talk about physical mathematics, I'm referring to something much more specific, really a development of the last 50 years, where the emphasis on what's important has shifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's not that the final arbiter of success is a successful prediction of some experimental result, which is then verified, that's the usual paradigm. That, of course, is still a goal, but there's an equal emphasis on the other way around, using physical ideas, physical concepts, to motivate and discover new ideas in mathematics. Mm -hmm. And so it's this equal balance that's important. And so another means of success is if physical ideas can lead to new mathematical notions, new mathematical approaches, which hadn't been thought of before and which then lead to successful innovations in mathematics. And that's something that can be signed, sealed, and delivered because we can have a new idea in mathematics, we can have a suggestion of some some conjecture, of some relationship between A and B, Mm -hmm. and then it can be proven sometimes rigorously and if it was unforeseen that's a really new important advance an intellectual advance it's an endeavor that's very worthwhile.
1: Moore then talked about one of his favorite examples of this interplay between mathematics and physics in gauge theories which described the most important forces governing the structures of atoms. In The Universe Speaks in Numbers, I describe how physicists working on subnuclear particles shed light on the mathematics of four-dimensional spaces.
2: Well, it shows you that there's some something very deep um, going on that's uh, sort of at the core of both physics and mathematics. At least this kind of fundamental physics and certain kinds of mathematics, yeah. like, like the topology of manifolds. Yeah. But also, I mean, there are similar things in in abstract algebra, in representation theory, mm-hmm. in um, algebraic geometry, there's a wide spectrum of mathematics where physical ideas have had a significant impact, in some cases uh, so significant that it's led to fields metals.
1: Many physicists and mathematicians who work on the subject's common territory often profess themselves amazed at the sheer closeness of the relationship between the two disciplines. I asked Moore whether he believed this pre-existing harmony between mathematics and physics, as Leibniz described it centuries ago, would ever be understood.
2: I think there'll always be a nugget of mystery. Mm. Okay. We will understand, you know, various problems more and more deeply. We'll invent other new problems. There will be new physical phenomena that will, I hope, and I would fully expect will lead to new and interesting kinds of mathematics, and the interaction will be very rich. I think why we find this so satisfying and attractive, maybe that gets us into psychology a little bit, Mm. but um, I think there'll always be a sort of a golden nugget of mystery.
1: By no means all mathematicians have welcomed the incursions onto their territory by physicists. In 1993, the mathematicians Arthur Jaffe and Frank Quinn caused a furore in the community by publishing a long article criticising many of the physicists' contributions. Too many of them were speculative, too sketchy and lacking in rigour, they said. What did Greg Moore make of these criticisms?
2: I do actually think that they're reasonable. And there was a beautiful response to it by a number of uh, major mathematicians and physicists. And it starts off with uh, a wonderful essay by Michael Mm Atiyah, in which he says, "I, I, well, you know, These guys have a point, but I object to their tone, which seems a little dogmatic. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a place for rigor, but there's also a place for freewheeling intuition, for bringing in new ideas. So, you know, one of the main points here is that um, a lot of the intuition is based on path integrals.
1: The term path integrals refers to the mathematical technique Richard Feynman used to predict the motion of any quantum particle from one point to another in different circumstances. And it does that by adding all the possible paths the particle could conceivably take. It's often called the sum over histories method, and it works like a dream, though it makes no sense at all to rigorous mathematicians.
2: Integrals are things that we learn in calculus, and integrals are things that can be made ultra-super rigorous, starting with Cauchy in the, mm-hmm. in the 19th century. But in order to deal with modern physical problems, you have to do integrals on infinite dimensional spaces, you know, integrals with infinite number of variables. Mm-hmm. And these things are not rigorous, but... We have some rules, well-defined rules, for manipulating them, and they keep leading to correct results, Mm -hmm. Um, consistent, correct, verifiable results. Mm -hmm. And so physicists really believe in path integrals, even though they're not, strictly speaking, mathematically rigorous. Mm -hmm. So the idea of a path integral often leads to interesting new intuitions. Okay, so you now have some new mathematical idea where, in the argument, you used path integrals, you used also ideas of, say, the renormalization group, the space of all quantum field theories, things like that that are also not rigorously defined, you have a mathematical proposal. Well, first of all, you might have some new mathematical structure to play with, mm-hmm. some new definition Okay, the mathematician can start with a definition. Okay, you can start with a definition, and you can play with it, and you can develop wonderful things with it if you're a good mathematician. Or if this has led you to some very surprising conjecture that quantity A is actually in disguise the same thing as quantity B mm-hmm. they just weren't obviously the same but if you look at it in a different way and write it in some new variables then in fact holy smokes they are actually the same mm-hmm. um, that's you know that's the kind of physical conjecture that we sometimes come up with mm-hmm. well then mathematicians can go and say hmm that's that, that's amazing could it possibly be true maybe I I can apply, you know, techniques that I know and prove it. And that has happened. And, you know, mathematicians have given rigorous proofs of things, for example, like mirror symmetry. Mm -hmm. Okay? So mirror symmetry came out of physics and it was, you know, just astonishing and it used lots of non-rigorous things about n equals 2 supergravity. But now there are rigorous mathematical proofs of some of the mirror symmetry conjectures. Mm -hmm. So that's a good example of how, Physical insight can inspire new mathematical discoveries, and, and the mathematicians can prove it using their techniques. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a you know it's a dialogue. It's sometimes a trialogue. <laughs> Um because there might be more than just mathematics and particle physics. There might be condensed matter physics as well, mm-hmm. and um, there could be several interesting interacting communities here.
1: Physical mathematics is growing great guns at the moment. But is Greg more confident that the subject has a bright future?
2: I think it's very vigorous. I've been to string math conferences the last few years, and uh, there's a wide variety of interesting talks. It's not everybody following the same single fad, which is kind of a bad sign in my view. You know, there was a whole spectrum of interesting topics very interesting talks, highly professional, new results, new ideas. It seemed extremely vigorous to me mm-hmm. and, um, in Sendai uh, in 2018 and in Hamburg in 2017 and so on. And so um, in Paris in 2016, it has been very, very active. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to look too far into the future. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would say at least in the near future, I think it's it's doing just great.
1: I asked Moore how he thinks his generation of mathematically-minded physicists will be remembered in the long term. It depends
2: on so many things. It could be that there are new experimental discoveries, and we make major progress in understanding the fundamental laws of nature, and people... Look back and say those were really key ideas that people were developing. You know, maybe maybe holography, maybe lots of ideas in string theory. And then they'll view it as a golden period. Mm. I think, and this is sort of my main point, mm. that we already know it is a golden period, at least for the implications for mathematics. Yeah. Because I want to stress that, you know, if people say, oh, string theory is a failed subject and so on if you view mathematics as an important endeavor as an important place in the in the intellectual landscape then major advances have been made it's done signed sealed and delivered mm-hmm. okay it's it's done and we have every reason to expect that things like this will continue to happen mm-hmm. so i think the place in history is assured mm. for at least for the development of mathematics Mm. now there's also another aspect to all this which is you know there's more to physics than the ultimate laws of nature Mm -hmm. there's also condensed matter physics Mm -hmm. atomic physics Mm -hmm. people are doing just spectacular things Mm. with things called cold atoms Mm. and, and optical lattices and so on and so forth and You'd be surprised at how sophisticated, some very sophisticated mathematical ideas can be brought to bear mm. on, on these kinds of physics mm-hmm. too, mm. in very interesting ways. You know, there are, there are examples, I mean the quantum Hall effect is one of the quintessential examples.
1: The quantum Hall effect was discovered in 1980 by experimenters who observed a surprising pattern in the electrical conductivity of a magnetized solid at very, very low temperatures. Theoreticians later explain this bizarre behavior using the mathematics of topology to describe the shapes of the electron fields in the solids. Techniques that also applied elsewhere, for example to the fields of subnuclear particles.
2: Yes, from conformal field theory, which is a certain sub-subject, I think of it as a subject within string theory. And things called chern simons theory, which is a kind of quantum field theory called a the topological field theory, these have had enormous impact on the real-world experiments of the quantum Hall effect. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is equally valid physics. I mean, fundamental physics mm-hmm. is, is magnificent. It's wonderful. It's something mm-hmm. we all want to do. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that other aspects of physics aren't equally interesting
1: and important. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point because uh, if, heaven fend, but if it turns out that particle physics just becomes too expensive, I mean, Feynman right. has pointed this right, po- possibility in right. the long distance. Physics won't end. Physics won't end. And math will Physics won't
2: end. And I think these examples show that physical mathematics still uh, has a role to play then.
1: great, thank you very much indeed. Greg Ball is a passionate ambassador of physical mathematics. I recommend his review of the subject based on his very well received review at the Strings 2014 meeting in Princeton. You can easily find that paper using your favourite search engine and it's well worth a read. I especially like the way Moore stresses the historical roots of the subject through the work of James Clerk Maxwell, Paul Dirac and others. In a sense you could say that my book, The Universe Speaks in Numbers, is a history of physical mathematics a phrase popularised in the 1890s by the telegrapher Oliver Heaviside, though he used it in a rather different sense. Like Greg Moore, I believe that physical mathematics has legs, and I think it's a good bet that many physicists and mathematicians will be developing this subject for centuries to come, especially during years when clues from experiments are few and far between. When the universe is not speaking to us through the surprising new results of experiments... It can still speak to us through mathematics.
0: Hold up, what was that?